Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. We, we, we will be looking at is living inside out. Living, in, living from the inside out. Living from the inside out. And it is important because just a couple of days ago or weeks ago, we celebrated Pentecost. And since then, we've been looking at the inner man and, and what, what is in there. And now what we are trying to look now more for that is about how to live from, from within outside. How to live from within outside. I would, I would first of all say that, you know, see, there, there will be certain things that maybe we'll be looking at. And the Bible says in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter, um, chapter 11, verse 3, it says that, it says, but, but I fear, least by any means, as the servant, serpent deceived Eve with his subtlety, so would your mind be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So what he's saying is that one trick which the devil uses these days is to complicate things that is extremely simple. Or it is so simple that people say that's too complicated. That's, that, that, cannot, that cannot be the answer to my problems. Because it appears to be simple. And that's one of the things that the body of Christ is struggling with. We are trying to make a lot of things complicated because people don't tend to believe except something complicated has happened. Except something complicated has happened. You know, I was sharing, I shared with us a couple of times about a dream I had one day. A man of God came to this country and was selling, was, was, came to minister at Excel. So people were buying his books and was auto, autographing it. So I, I took my, I bought my own and I went to go and autograph it. And of course, he was praying for people. And I, he was praying for people individually as they were giving him his books to sign and things. And you know, he was seen to be spending about two minutes, three minutes on people, be praying on them in the name of Jesus, this and that and this like that. So when he got to me, he just, I passed him my book, he autographed it, and he just said, be blessed. He said, go. You know how you feel. You feel like, what just happened? Why is he praying for everybody I need? <laughs> yes, I say. And he got to me, and all he just said is, I'll be blessed. But it was quite interesting that a couple of days later, no, not days later, months later, Several months later, I had a dream, and I saw him in my dream. And he was, he was saying, no, I said, he was, he was as if he was laughing at me. And he said, oh, he thinks nothing happened because I just said, be blessed. He didn't know what happened within that period of time. Why was God trying to bring my, my mind to it? Because he appeared so simple. He appeared so simple. 
Our general overseer, someone came to meet him one day, and the person said, okay, um, the person was, the person had a lot of problems. That was, he was having debts. He, he, was, he was having, he was almost, he almost died in his sleep. And he went somewhere to, to, he went, so he came, I can remember that day, he came around 3 a.m. or whatever it is, he was banging the gate. So when he came in, and he said, uh, this, 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 and this is the problem that I have. Oh, this is what is happening. They said I'm going to die in so, 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 so number of days, and things like that. And he said, ah, okay, no problems, let us pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, we, we thank you for the life of your son. Every other, everything, every plan of the enemy is destroyed in the name of Jesus, and things like that. And the man was looking. So the man said, okay. So the man left. So the man went to another place. And told that you have to buy this, buy that. And he didn't have much, he didn't have much money. So he told him to buy all sorts of things that was costing, that would have probably cost him his annual salary at that time. So he came back and he said, he said, uh, sir, I want you to please call, lead, continue to lead me in prayer, uh, help me in prayer, because they told me that the issue in my life, that I need to go and buy X number of things, and so that when, I just want you to pray for me that God will answer my prayer. Then he said, there is no problem. He said, what I would advise you now, since they've said that you would die, and you need to buy this. You don't have any asset that is equal to that. So why don't you buy that, whatever it is, and go and die so that your children will have inheritance? At least it's something. The wife said, what did you say? say? Yes, it's simple like that. Who could die? You're going to die anyway. So why don't you just die? But that money, instead of buying that thing, go and buy something for your children so that when you die, they will say, ah, uh, daddy lived a good life. He was upset, and he was like, because you are so gullible. Because you have not seen somebody say, in the name of Jesus. Think nothing has happened. And at times, men of God are pushed towards that extreme. Was it when someone came, and someone asked about, see, it's, 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 it's just important. Somebody came to me one day, and see, it helps, it helps you, everybody, because one of the things we want to do, and we're going to probably be looking at it in, in August, we want to talk about, you know, um, um, explaining more about teaching prophetic things within the church, because one of the things we've observed is that, see, one of the pressures within the prophetic team is because of the expectation of the people. So, you know, um, like, and it's just important that we are, we are comfortable with what God has called us to do. I was, I was um, somebody came to meet me one day, and the person said, the person sat me down, the person said, um, I want to get, I'm dating a guy. I want to know, is this person my husband or not? I was just looking at that person. I said, okay. I said, are you a Christian? I said, is the guy a Christian? He said, yes. I said, I said, okay. I said, what do you think, biblically? What do you think? And I said, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and he said, I said, okay. I said, if you, if, if you think that the guy is right, then we'll leave the rest together. And, let's just, and we just prayed, and the person left. Then what happened was that 
about on a Saturday, she had a dream. Somebody came to wake, wake her up in the dream and said, come. And they brought her to church and said, yeah, you were asking by your, this question about your festival, about this month. This and this and this and this and this. And this. I said, do you have any other questions? She said, no. She said, go back to sleep. She came on Sunday, Saturday, said, ah, pastor, do you know what happened? See, if I too had said, mm, I can see something. When you can't see anything, <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say. You just put yourself under unnecessary pressure. So we are talking about simplicity. We are looking at a couple of things which is just simple. But I'm just going to just point out this, this thing as we go on that appears to be simple. Now, Colossians chapter 1 verse 25 to 27. Sorry, that should have been a bit bigger. He says, but he said of 25 to 27, he said, of which I became the minister according to the stewardship which was given to me for you. And now, if you go to verse, the verse I'm looking for is verse 26. It says, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generation, but has been revealed now to his saints. So God is saying that there is a particular mystery that has been hidden from one generation. So, if you are talking about Moses, God is saying, yes, Moses is great, but this secret was hidden from Moses. And the Bible says that to them, he willed to be made known the riches of this mystery. So God is saying, this mystery is is, is so rich and powerful. It has so much glory inside of it. And you, you know, when, when somebody says that to you, that you know, God is about to reveal something to you. According to that Bible, that even Elijah never had the opportunity to, 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 to see that kind of secret. Or Moses never had the opportunity to see that kind of secret. You wonder what secret is that? And the Bible says, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you were that, you say, is that all? What is the big deal in Christ in me, the hope of glory? What is, what, why will Paul say that this mystery has been, people have been trying to understand it from the days of Moses, um, Aaron, Elijah, name them, Elisha. Every one of them did not understand what, is, what God is showing you today. That is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, I think it's important that we now look a little bit closely at what it meant, what Paul, why Paul was saying, this thing has so much glory once you understand it. So let me take you quickly back to Genesis, the beginning. The Bible says that God formed a man. And he breathed into him. And man became a living soul. When you read 
The King James Version, it says a living soul. Now, the question is, most of the time, if I ask people, how do you know that somebody, when God created Adam and he breathed into him, what kind of breath did God put into Adam? People interpret this scripture as Adam was um, inhaling oxygen, giving out carbon dioxide. Can I ask you a question? Do dogs not breathe? Every animal breathes. So, why did the Bible not say that God breathed into a fish? And also fish became a living being. So, what is the Bible saying here? That when he breathed into Adam, now please notice you probably have other versions, but King James Version put it as, it became a living soul. So what did God put into Adam? The problem is that people have interpreted it so much that, you know, it is about breathing. But if you look at it well, other animals breathe. Even the leaves, also have their own respiratory system kind of stuff. So if the breath of God is about this kind of um, breathing that we do, then we are do- it doesn't make sense. That was why when God said to Adam, when you hit this thing, you will die. But Adam was still breathing. Because what God breathed into him was not so that he can do. That is not what God was doing. Now the problem is that after Adam died, Adam was still living. Because Adam was, his wretched system was still working. So you never knew what difference happened to Adam. So he appears like Adam was on the floor. In fact, you understand this when the Bible, when you go to Second Corinthians, next one, five one, he says. For we know that this earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, is, 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 is destroyed. And the building of the house from heaven. Now, when you read another version, it will tell you that this house, that's why you have it in, uh, alighted there. House, what Paul was talking is about this flesh. That's why when you see Genesis, the Bible said God formed man. So what did you do? He created a container and he put something in that container. And that container stood up and began to walk. 
Now, what we are looking at is what is inside that container. Because once you understand that there was something inside Adam that was missing, but Adam was still living. For example, we can leave this building now. This house, this building will still be functioning. But that does not mean you are still in the place. So when Adam slept and he woke up, See, it's as if, you know, I used to say it's like, and it's important that we understand. So that means that the actual thing is not the container. The actual thing is what is inside Adam. Hallelujah. You know, I used to say that there are lots of people who, if you go to J.D.'s post and you buy Mercy's jersey, no matter how much you dress like Messi, do your hairstyle like it, whatever it is, people know the original when they see it. They just need to give you ball. <laughs> and you will say that, you know, ah, this is not definitely not. And you can see Messi, you can go to Primark, go and get anything he wants to wear. When people see Messi, people say, you know, that is the value. So it is not on the shirt of Messi that people are, are that brings him value. It is in the person. So no matter how much you decorate this outside body, that is not where the value is. The value is in what is inside. Adam. Now, the Bible tells us and teaches us that the reason why you need to be to understand what is inside is because no matter what is happening on the outside. What is inside controls what happens on the outside. That's why the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he, so he is. It did not say, as a man is, so is his heart is. He said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. Proverbs says, that's what Proverbs tells, he said, he said, keep your heart with all diligence. Because out of that place, that is where the issues of life would be. So God did not create you to be affected from the outside in. He created you to be, affect, to be effective from inside out. Because when you take everything around you in, you, there will be no way forward. Like somebody was saying that, you know, if you take Richard Brownson, strip him of all his money, and go and put him in somewhere in, in the desert somewhere, give him a couple of years, you will see him start to make money. Because it is not, in, it is not what defines him is not the money that you see around him. Something is inside that is actually valuable. More valuable than all the wealth that you see around us. Does that make sense? Now, Jesus, that's why Jesus said, he 
says, he says, he who believe, John chapter 7, verse 38, he says, he who believe in me, as the scripture says, out of him shall flow the rivers of life. Out of him shall flow the rivers of life. So, it's important that you, we understand that what Adam, what God created in Adam, he get, you see, the only thing, the Bible says God created Adam, uh, Adam in his own image. When Adam was sleeping on the floor, that was not God's image. If that was God's image, then God would be fat, thin, light, dark, would be in all types of colors. But when he breathed into Adam, he put a nature of him inside Adam. And when Adam stood up, Adam became a God walking across the heart. That is why when Malachi says that God has expected us to build, give, and hold a godly offspring. A godly offspring. So we are getting somewhere with this. Hope so. Is that now as there is something that needs to be done as you have, as the nature of God is inside a, a, a human body, is that that nature needs to, the, just like the Bible talks about Jesus. The Bible, says, the Bible says that as Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature, so that means that once you have the nature of God in you, has to be nurtured. Because as, as it grows inside of you, you develop more abilities. Now, the problem is that people feed their body, they feed their mind, but nobody concentrates on how your spirit man is developing. So the house is empty. Or, as we will see later on, houses are not always empty. Somebody is living inside the place. Somebody is living inside the place. So one of the ways we grow and is the Bible talks about in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it says, he says, as newborn babies desire the milk of the word of God, which by which you are able to grow. That means that when God's nature is inside of you, you have a responsibility to nurture it and as so that it would get to a point 
where it begins to grow and it grows into full maturity. It grows into full maturity. There are, and this, as we begin to look at this even more closely, this mystery, that is what Paul was saying, there is something inside of you which the apostles never, sorry, which the prophets never understood. There is a difference between you and David in the Bible. Because something happened to you that never happened to David. But the problem is that people do not, Christians do not recognize. That's why the Bible says, if a man is in Christ, it says, behold, all things are passing. Why would the Bible say, behold? Take note of what I'm saying to you. Because you can be walking and thinking your you, you, you are like every other person. That is why when it is ignorant for a Christian to say, this is how they used to behave in our family. Because that may be how they were behaving in your family, but something was born inside of you when you gave your life to Christ. Adam, what Adam lost, Christ brought back inside of you. Oh, I cannot do this. That's why when Paul will be talking, Paul will say, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. What was he talking about? I am different. There is something inside of me that has made me different from every regular person you see on the street. That was what Paul was saying today. And as we grow in that, one of the ways which, we, like, like I said before, Jesus was, sorry, Paul was saying Ephesians. Paul said, uh, Ephesians chapter, he says, do not be drunk with wine, which this, this uh, with, which is dissipation. He said, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, please understand what Paul is saying here. You know, when somebody is drunk, they are not in control of their body. I had a teacher that got drunk in Nigeria then. You have sewage drunk when you have drunk. Amen. Sewage, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, he stood in that sewage and was walking like this. Because as far as he's concerned, the whole world is on one line. There is road everywhere. He was walking in the sewage and people will say, 
Tom I said, no, 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 please, I, I don't want to fall. And he was walking like that till he got to his house. What was in control? Alcohol. Now, Paul said, in the same way, when your inner man comes alive, it takes control of your body. Now, he did not say, just drink. He said, but be drunk. Be filled. So that means that if I have, sorry, can I just now, this bottle is not filled. You have some level of water in it. Now, what Paul is saying is that, no, I don't want you to be a Christian that has some element of God. But for you to be able to not function as your body wants to, you need to fill this up to the point. See, when those that drink, people don't drink, get drunk after a sip. They have to drink to a point that they begin to see heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Paul was saying, no, the way is that I know you have the nature of God in you. But the reason why you keep failing and going back to the bad ways is because you are not being filled. So you must get to a point where you are being filled. And he said, how do you get filled? He said, speaking to one another in psalms and in hymns and in spiritual songs, making melody to the Lord in your heart. So what is he saying? Is that you must get to a point where you begin to meditate. Maybe you read the scripture and you begin to meditate on it. You, your mindset is, is, on, is on the nature of God. And as you continue in that journey in life, you begin to discover that you will be getting filled and filled to a point where it, from the inside, it begins to bubble out. That's why Jesus said, from the, from, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. I have not seen a drunk man. See, I don't know how to put it in English. For those who don't understand English, amen. They used to say that we let Obawa nimi, we let Loti man pajadi. Google translation. Um, <laughs> it is, it is the craziness you have inside that alcohol will bring out. When so it is when you get, see, when people say that um, I was provoked. But you know, what does provoking mean? 
you are stirring up something. So what comes out is what is there. What you're saying is that I am being provoked. Yes. The question is what came out. Because what you're saying is that I am being steered. That's what provocation means. I am being steered up. And as I am being steered up, something is bubbling to the surface. And what Jesus is saying is that when you center your mind and you focus on God, as you begin to meditate on it regularly, you, your heart, it begins to bubble to the surface. People will say that, I don't know how to meditate. If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. Because when you are worried, you are meditating on the problem that you have. Does that make sense? Before I round this up, I just want to, because there's a lot of things out there that is called meditation. I want you to please understand there is a difference in what the Bible calls meditation and what the world calls meditation. Meditation in the world will tell you to free your mind. Let your mind run. Empty your mind. That's what they say. Meditation in the scriptures is filling your mind. That's why he said, this book of law, shall I, you shall meditate on it. So meditation, God's way, is meditating on his word and his good deeds. Meditating in the world is emptying your mind of everything. Meditation in the world is passive. You don't have to control anything. Just let it go. But meditation in the Bible is aggressive. That's why the Bible says, bringing into captive every thought. So, when you are having a thought in your mind, you go, no. The Bible says, see, I used to tell people that the time I was, something happened and it's not, to you, to, to people it may not be something that is, um, that is special. I was, I was going to go and minister somewhere. And I was thinking of certain things that I was going to preach about. Then somebody came in and stood beside me. And that person had done something that was wrong. And I was going to talk about it. And this thought was coming to my mind. Ah, this is the opportunity. And I got to a point, I just said, get this behind me, Jacob. Replying that thought, that is what the scripture says. The word will say, let it flow. But the scripture says, no, capture it and deal with it. Does that make sense? 
Because at times, people allow different kind of thoughts to just flow in their mind. And go on, if you do, there are so many apps there that talks about meditation. Um, there is one that is called breathing, breathing app. And things like that. You wonder what, what were we did doing before the, the God the God's breathing. Yes, I'm trying to say all these kind of things. Most of it is a gateway to demonic activity. See, because well, why would the Bible prescribe certain things for us? Bible prescribes certain things for us to protect the mind. To protect the mind. So, I just wanted to just point out. See, the, the, the med- just before, I just, the meditation of the world will tell you detach yourself from something. But the meditation in scripture means attaching yourself to God. So, when you are meditating, you are focusing on, on how great God is. That is meditation in scripture. But meditation in the world is detach yourself from everything. Just flow. <laughs> Things like that. So at times, I just wanted to say that because at times when people, when, when, when people are being taught about meditation, people, people assume meditation from the viewpoint of the world. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says that, it says, no, Ephesians, it says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can think or ask. But the Bible now puts something there that is important for you to understand how to develop yourself. He said, according to the power that works in us. What is he saying is that God is willing to do everything for you. But it would be according to the level of his power at work inside of you. So, it's important that we begin to deal with the inner person inside us. Be conscious of what you carry. Protect it. Learn to be influencing things from inside out, not from outside in. Does that make sense? And the way to do it, one of the best ways to do it is to meditate on God's promise. Somebody, somebody, God, um, somebody called me yesterday. They got, um, the God, that was a, 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 a prophetic word that came for them on the day before. And when they went to, when they went to, to the doctors, the doctor gave them exactly the direct opposite of what God said. And I said, this is where you begin to your mind focus on the promises of God. That's why the Bible said, let every man be a liar and let God alone be true. May God help us in Jesus' name.
And that is why when Jesus was leaving, he did something. He brought his disciples together. And he shared the communion. And Jesus said to them, do this as often in remembrance of me. What was he saying? Each time you, you need to keep reminding yourself that when I gave you my body and my blood, something entered inside you. That you are not like any other person walking the streets. Something came alive. That was the reason why he gave them the... the that's why he said, I am not saying I have done it now. He said, but I want you to remember to do it continually. And why... Let's go to Lefticos, please. Lefticos chapter yes, 17. The Bible says the life of the a flesh is in the blood. The life of a flesh is in the blood. So when Jesus was giving you his body and he added his blood to it, he's basically saying, I have come alive inside you. So when you sit or when you partake in communion, what you are saying is that Jesus is alive inside me. The problem is that Adam did not look different. But something in Adam changed. And as we begin to deal with this, as we come to the place of her, I want you to, as we said, Paul said to us, this body is a tent. In fact, the Bible calls it, it is the temple of God. Why did the Bible call it temple? Because it's a building. And God sits in that building. But if you read the Bible, there was a time Jesus was coming, the triumphant entry, when Jesus got into the temple, there were thieves and robbers within the temple. The Bible says that Jesus took a whip. Please notice, Jesus did not, first of all, pour their money away. First of all, chased the money changers before threw out their money. Most of the time, what we focus on is the money, the doves, and we leave the money changers. I'll give you, I'll, let me bring it closer to you. At times you are worried about maybe my own is pornography, whatever the case may be. Those are just symptoms. Once you chase them away, they will come back. Because the main man in the house needs to first be chased out. That's why Jesus called them robbers. What does a robber do? 
A robber takes what does not belong to him and uses it for his own satisfaction. When you see a thief that steals somebody's car, no thief steals somebody's car to take care of it the way the owner owns it. A thief will steal somebody's car and use it anyhow to his own advantage. And what Jesus came to do was, I need the, the robbers in this temple to leave. And as Jesus stood to say, you know, that is my temple. I want to live in that temple. That was what Adam lost. But you need to regain it back. Are we together? So there might be issues that you are dealing with. Maybe you've done seven days of um, how will I put it now? Um, you know, somebody said that you know, if you don't do an habit for a couple of times, uh, a period of time, it will break. What I've discovered is that yes, it will break, but the devil will bring a new one. So you can the devil will keep advancing. Maybe there are things that you are dealing with, you know, the devil will give you a more a more sophisticated way of hiding it away. Get pleased. I will hand it this way. The Bible says that godly sorrow leads to repentance. Because there are two different kinds of sorrows. One is worldly sorrow. Do you know what worldly sorrow is? You are you are not happy. You are not happy because you got caught. You, 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 you're, the reason why you are trying to be is because you got caught. But godly sorrow is when even if you are not caught, you say, you know what, this is wrong. You know what godly sorrow, godly sorrow does that people say, you know, if you say you don't, well, well you made me do it. But godly sorrow will say, you know what, I know what I've done. I'm sorry. So what God is just saying to us is this. As we close the service. I want my temple back. Adam lost something. That is why he keeps struggling. Somebody was living in a house one day. So he was living around, a house, around an environment. And cover that when the kids were playing, the place was the 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 field was was a bit was shaking. So they had to get people in to come and look at it. So when they discovered that when they looked underneath that the um, the car park, they discovered that there was actually a big hole. In the car, under, underneath it. 
So what I'm trying, what, so when the kids were playing on it, that thing was caving in. The problem was not that the weight of the kids were too much. The problem was that there was a hole inside going, going through the ground. So, what am I trying to point out to you is that the problem is not the challenges you are facing. The problem at times is that you are empty inside. And when you are empty inside, everything from the outside begins to flow in. But when you are strong in the inside, when God is inside, He comes alive inside you, you begin to control your environment. And not your environment controlling you. Alone, if you ask me. Let us rise up, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.